The Borough Life Podcast with James and Rosie. Hello and welcome back to the Borough Life Podcast. We're back with episode three. Spring is in the air. We've got our spring edition of the magazine out now. Rosie, how's it going? It's all good. I'm very excited to be back for another episode. So we should say right from the top that this time round we've split up, haven't we, and gone solo, done our own interviews. So first off, who have you spoken to for this time? So I went to interview Izzy and Leanne, who are members of Wigan and Lee's Youth Cabinet, and we were talking all things International Women's Day, so there was lots of girl power there, um, so probably for the best you weren't there. And I have I've been given a, a sneak preview of, your, of that interview, and it's uh, two very impressive individuals, um, so yeah, it's, it's fascinating. So that's coming up. Um, I should say three fascinating individuals, and that wasn't a diss at you there, Rosie. Um, and then following that, we've got myself talking to Mark, Mel and Andrea from our PR team uh, to take you behind the scenes of how we put Borough Life together and they give you a few snippets of information about how we plan the magazine and some of the features that we've particularly enjoyed doing over the last couple of years. As I said, the spring edition of the magazine is out now, packed full of really interesting content Rosie, it was a fun addition to work on, wasn't it? Is there anything in particular that you want to flag? It was. I absolutely loved working on the Our Town Awards spread where we celebrated so many of our borough's unsung heroes back in November. What about you? One feature that I think is special about this time round, Rosie, is the fact that it's 20 years of borough life. So we've gone back and looked at the early editions of the magazine back in the early 2000s and compared and contrasted to how the magazine looks today. So that's been a really fascinating process for us. And we talked to Andrea a little bit later on, who's written that feature for us um, to find out what which bits that she was particularly interested in. Uh, and, and yeah, that's been a really enjoyable one to work on. As always, you can get some extra content behind the scenes footage uh, on Borough Life Plus. So you can find that by going online and heading to wigan.gov.uk forward slash Borough Life Plus. So, without further ado, should we get started, James? Yeah, let's get into it. Hi everyone, it's Rosie here, and today uh, we're celebrating all things International Women's Day. So, International Women's Day was on the 8th of March, and the theme for this year was Embrace Equity. And here at the Council, we had a brilliant, if I say so myself, event. Um, It was more of a celebration, to be honest. And I'm here with Izzy and Leanne, who are both members of Wigan and Lee's Youth Cabinet. So hi to you both, thank you for joining us. Thank hi. you for having us. Thank you. So if you want to introduce yourself, we'll start. Yep. Um, hi, my name's Leanne, I'm 16 years old. I'm an elected deputy member of Youth Parliament. I'm also an, an elected um, BAME leader by the British Youth Council and I'm a young assessor um, where I work for the National Youth Agency. Hiya, I'm Izzy, I'm 17, I'm a member of Youth Cabinet and I'm an elected member of Youth Parliament. So a few weeks ago, as I mentioned, they they both spoke at our International Women's Day event and when I say you could have heard a pin drop in the room, I'm not exaggerating, (laughs) everyone was absolutely mesmerised by your talks Um, and now our lucky listeners can hear from you directly (laughs) um, on all major streaming platforms. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, so really, I just wanted to start by asking you, I'll start with you, Izzy, um, what was it like speaking at the event? Is that something you, you used to? What did it mean to you to be asked to, to, be asked to speak there, yeah. really? Um, well, I've done a couple of events like it before, but I think this one, it felt like the atmosphere, everybody was just 
very excited and as you said it felt more like a celebration instead of going there to like learn new things or I don't know um, but yeah I, I really really enjoyed it I mean it's always scary standing up in front of people and talking about yourself and a bit embarrassing as well <laughs> but I think the idea of embracing equity and embracing and celebrating what women have done it meant that the atmosphere was really comfortable and we were all just able to share and celebrate together. Yeah, and so one of the things you were talking about before we go on to you, Liam, um, was your experience of talking at the House of Commons, which is obviously a, an amazing experience. <laughs> um, so do you want to tell us a bit more about that? What, what was your speech about? Yeah, so I went down in November of last year um, and as a member of Youth Parliament and elected member, um, every year there is a House of Commons sitting so we all go down to London and we get people travelling over from like Northern Ireland and Gibraltar and all across the world um, and we're able to just talk about different motions and issues that um, mean a lot to us so something that I ran my campaign on and I'm really passionate about is education so I, um, I wrote a speech all about um, our current education system and how I think it needs to change and especially being a young person in a very high pressure environment at the moment I'm sitting my exams um, I was talking about how that has an impact on your mental health and how that kind of needs to change and adapt especially to fit a modern world in terms of like progressing onto careers and uh, work experience and job prospects and things like that. Memorising has become a synonym for learning and mental health has suffered as a consequence. Well-being must become a priority and nurturing the development of young people as individuals should be the aim of education, not exam results. So no, I don't know how to maintain a good mental health. I don't understand how to pay tax and I have no idea what I want to be when I grow up. But go on, Madam Deputy Speaker, ask me and I'll tell you all about the quadratic formula. So then I gave my speech and my legs were literally shaking in front of the green benches. I was absolutely terrified. I probably would have been more scared if I knew the extent to how viral it would have gone afterwards. But in that moment, I just knew that I had to get it out and try not to stumble on my words. I, I actually posted it on TikTok when I got home because I was like, all my friends were like, oh, you should post this on TikTok, you know, because there's quite a few people who are interested in politics, especially young people. Um, on that platform so I was like you know what I'll, I'll post it I'll give it a go um, and then as the view count started like racking up I mean I'd like never posted anything on TikTok before I think there were like a couple videos of me and my friends just like mucking around um, and then when I was getting all these followers and all these likes I was like what's happened <laughs> like I don't know am I am I an influencer now um, but it was just overwhelmingly positive the feedback that I got everybody was saying how um, not necessarily inspirational, but how they like my message resonated with them. Because I think as young people, we often find that we don't have a voice. So when you do find someone who um, has some sort of platform and is speaking to you and is like reflecting how you feel, it's quite rare. And I think people were excited about that and thought that perhaps it could get momentum and change could actually be implemented. Um, so it was quite exciting, but also a lot of pressure to be the person in that like pinnacle role. Um, especially because, as I said, I'm sitting my exams and I've got a lot going on in terms of like applying to university. I had spoken in my International Women's Day speech about how like the week after the whole House of Commons thing, I had my university admissions tests and interviews and everything. Oh. <laughs> so it was a very hectic time for me yeah. <laughs> and my little brain. So yeah, and then it 
went on other platforms as well. So it was on Twitter. And surprisingly, I'm now trending on LinkedIn, which is something that I never thought I'd be able to say. But because there's like a, a massive group of, of teachers and people within the education community on LinkedIn, I think a lot of people found it and it was great like talking point for them to, to connect with other people. Um, and I think there's been like articles written. I, I've, I've never been Harvard referenced before, but that, that's wow. happened now. Yeah, which is which is strange. And I also get people coming up to me at like college. And I went to pick up my little brother as well um, from high school. And there were people like in year seven and things saying, oh, I saw you on TikTok or oh. I saw you this and that. Um, so that's crazy, but absolutely lovely. Um, and now it's just been a great starting point to actually figure out like work and change come from this. So I've been working a lot with the Director of Education at the Council, Kath Peeling, who's been absolutely brilliant in terms of making sure that we've got arrangements in place so we can um, take this somewhere. So we've got education strategies. I've got a meeting with Lisa Nandy, our MP in the local area coming up of how to um, make connections in terms of an, a national campaign potentially. Um, I've been contacted by people from, from LinkedIn who were previously like baronesses and have connections to um, other people in the House of Lords or um, people who are MPs and, and shadow ministers and things. So it, it's really exciting thinking about how this little speech that yeah. I, I wrote in the car on the way down to the House of Commons can actually like create change. Yeah, you must be, you must be really proud um, to have made that big splash really. Um, and it's exciting to see what's going to come from it. So, Leanne, can you tell us a bit more about your speech? How did it feel for you to be there? I felt like it was an amazing like time and amazing experience because often I feel like you're doing so well or you're just portrayed as successful. You're joining these programmes, joining these competitions. Like, I joined um, two years ago. I put myself forward to be a BAME leader, which was by the British Youth Council, and I was elected one of 40 individuals. And I joined many other programs and many other competitions, which I was really successful in. And often you don't reflect back on those opportunities and those experiences, and you don't realize how much of an impact you're making. So when I wrote this speech, I felt like, wow, I've done so, so much. And I felt like I'm making a really big impact, not just in the community, but as a national, like on a national yeah. level. Um, so it was an amazing time. And it's so, so nice when councillors, and then peas and come to you and they just tell you, oh, you're doing such a positive mm -hmm. impact to not only young people's lives, but to our lives as well. So it was, it was absolutely amazing. And I think one thing that I touched on my speech was about my journey and how it was challenging. Like often people on Instagram, because I've got um, an Instagram page related to all the politics that I'm doing and related to all my campaign, people tend to like ask me, oh, you're so successful, you're doing this. How do you manage to do that? Where do you find the time? Um, and I feel like it's so important to show young people and adults that you're not, you don't, it's not through luck. You're not just portrayed as successful. You know, I face a lot of failures, a lot of challenges, and that's made me more stronger and it's pushed me out of my comfort zone and made me even more eager and competitive to prove that, you know, success takes a lot of time yeah. and you have to go through so many challenges to be the person that I am today, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you really have done an amazing job. But one, one thing I was going to mention was, um, obviously, I think from what you both said, social media has been a big part of your journey. And I just wonder how as young women that you kind of deal with that on a daily basis. Not to sound super old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think as 
young women the, the pressures that we face in terms of social media and expectations of how we look and how we act and what we're meant to be doing is often overwhelming. I mean, I found that um, with the amount of attention that my videos got, not all of the feedback that I've got has been positive and some of the negative feedback has has not really had much grounding in it. I mean, I've had people talk about like what I was wearing, about my accent being a woman from, from the Northwest, um, about things where people were just really not listening to what I had to say at all, but were focusing on minute details. And I think a lot of times I had to question, like, if, would this be the same if I was a man? Yeah. Like, would, would my uh, words be taken more seriously if I was a man? Um, because a lot of the criticism that I got, as I said, has been from older men <laughs> and not necessarily young people or even women. Um, and I mean, on, on Twitter as well, some of the, the responses, because I know that Twitter can be quite a toxic place, especially if you're a young woman showing your ideas, um, about some of the reactions of the older men who, who very much want to maintain the status quo and how it is. And even people who have been involved in implementing some of the policies that I was critiquing, who just did not respond in a professional way at all. Um, and I think that's really interesting, especially in the spirit of International Women's Day, of how we kind of digest that and, and understand why that is. Yeah, I was just gonna add on, social media can definitely be toxic, but I feel like from when I opened my Instagram account and like LinkedIn, I received a lot of positive support. And I feel like that's important because some young people come from like marginalized communities and they don't have that support or that comfort to reach out and have the voice to implement the changes that they want. So when they have public figures like me and Izzy, we can kind of be like role models for them to look at and to listen most importantly to their views and implement what they want. So I feel like that's so, so important. Yeah, and I guess it's about having that opportunity to see yourself reflected back. Absolutely. And I think you two do a really good job of that. So one of the things I was going to ask as well, um, obviously you both do a lot of work championing women, championing young people. Um, but one of the things I was going to ask was sort of, why do you think it's so important to share the experiences of women from different backgrounds? You both touched on it a bit, but why is that so important to you guys? I think, I think the thing is we need to make sure that our feminism is always intersectional and we need to understand that feminism looks very different depending on what your, your background is and, and your community and we need to um, as the slogan is embrace equity, make sure that we're not just striving for equality, but we're looking at the needs of different people in different groups and making sure that all of those are met. Um, and I think that the, the sheer range of speakers that we had at International Women's Day really, really shows that and about how we were all able to come together with different experiences, um, but kind of share in, in our celebrations of each other. Yeah, and I think definitely there's a lot of stereotypes and it's so important to challenge them and break those stereotypes. Because like on my speech, I was saying as a Muslim woman, people, they won't really expect you to be doing what I'm doing. So when you show that, it inspires other young women and just in general, other young people to, like, like I said, get out of the comfort zone and fight for what they believe in. My final question, well, it's a comment really, to say that you're both incredibly you know, eloquent and articulate young women. I was just gonna see what you thought about maybe women, younger women who might not have yet found their voice. And I was just gonna see if you had, if you had one thing to say to these women, what would it be? How, how can they find their voice? Just never be afraid to show what you believe in because maybe that thing what you have in mind or what you believe 
is so important to you can perhaps change the world. Because me and Izzy, we started with baby steps and it led us to massive amount of changes. So don't ever underestimate yourself and we believe in you. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, I'd echo that. And I think I'd just say, back yourself because we, we live in a society where we are constantly being told as young women to kind of challenge our own our own belief system and we're always kind of unable to, to put across what we really feel and by backing yourself I think that's the, that's the best way to overcome it and, and just have trust in your own ability. Nice. Good advice. <laughs> so before we finish um, I'm just going to do our quick fire round. Um, so we do this with all of our guests and it's just to help get to know you a bit. So, <laughs> tea or coffee? Coffee. Tea. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Cats. <laughs> Pop or rock? Um, rock. Rock. Facebook or Twitter? On, on Ooh, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Sweet or savoury? Sweet. Savoury. <laughs> Night owl or early bird? Night owl. Night owl. <laughs> We're A-level students, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, box set or film? Film. film. Oh, really? I'm more of a box set girl. Uh, horror or comedy? Horror. Comedy. Winter or summer? Summer. summer. Big party or dinner party? Big no, party. Big party. Nice. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. It's thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, yeah we really appreciate loads it. Of fun. Rosie, great job on that one. Those two are really impressive aren't they I think just to bring the listeners behind the scenes a little bit when yourself and our producer Nathan came back from that interview I think Nathan's words were those two are going to be prime minister so um we've we're in safe hands aren't we with those two we absolutely are and I look forward to name dropping them in the future so I'll be back with my bit of the podcast after the ad break but just to let everyone know now that we are big stars on the podcast scene, Rosie, we've not fallen out. It was just a, uh, a diary clash, wasn't it, which has meant that we split up this time. So just to reassure everyone that we're still friends and that the Borough Life teams is still, uh, still intact and Going still strong. in one piece. Looking to find your fitness? Your local BOL Leisure Centre has everything you need to achieve your goals. Whether you're wanting to hit the gym, go for a swim, try a group exercise class, or even discover a new sport, our all-inclusive membership has you covered across seven different locations. Discover your local leisure centre and join today at bewellwigan.org. Feel well, live well, be well. So welcome back to the Borough Life podcast. Uh, me and Rosie have had some creative differences, so uh, I've ditched her for this uh, part of the show. Uh, and I'm amongst friends in Wigan Town Hall. We've got three members of the PR team who work on Borough Life. So I'm going to ask you guys to introduce yourselves. So Mark, if you go first. Yeah, I'm Mark O'Brien, so I'm the Senior Graphic Designer in the PR team. I'm Mel Edwards and I'm a Graphic Designer in the PR team. I'm Andrea Smith, I work in uh, the media team and I support our children's directorate and also the quality. So we've got the team on today to talk about the latest edition of the magazine that's out now. It's our spring edition. We're really excited about it. It's packed full of amazing features and, and good news from, uh, from across the borough. And we just wanted to have a bit of a chat today to take you behind the scenes of how we put the magazine together uh, and the processes that we go through um, to find the, the content. So, Mark, I was going to come to you first. One of the things that we should say is that the, the entire magazine's done in-house, isn't it? It's, it's entirely done from our team. Um, and I just wanted to put it on record from my point of view. 
I think the thing that stands out when, when it comes through the letterbox or when we get our first look when it comes through from the, uh, the printers is it just it looks fantastic uh, and, and you and Mel are, are responsible for that so well done to you guys. From our perspective we start working on it months in advance don't we so this edition we probably start to think about it in December just after the last edition um, went out. Uh, so yeah, so from your point of view, could you maybe just talk us through some of those early processes that we go through when we're thinking about design? Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, we're very proud of it. Um, we do lots of different uh, bits of design in the team, lots of different campaigns and things like that, which helps when we come to think about the magazine. Um, we've usually got lots of different campaigns and ideas already lined up. Um, it's, it's usually really quite nice to think about spring when you're in the middle of winter think about what's coming, think about um, the what's on guide, the different campaigns and what we're going to be talking about and also the uh, different events that are coming up and the different things that are ready to launch. And this edition, we didn't have a theme, did we, in mind for this one? So um, our residents uh, listeners will probably remember from previous editions that uh, we had the Jubilee themed edition, didn't we, last year? Um, we, we had the uh, war anniversary edition as well a couple of years ago this time we didn't have a, a defined theme did we but that, that sometimes gives us a bit more uh, scope doesn't it to be a bit more creative yeah yeah and it gives us a lot of different options for the front cover what, what do we want to feature and this one's really um really nice because it's about uh, just the regeneration what's going on uh, around the borough what's launching or what's already just opened but yeah, I think this time there's, there's plenty of different um, articles, something for everyone really. Yeah, um, and there was only really one candidate, wasn't there, for the, the uh, front page? Sometimes there's a lot of discussion, isn't there, about what goes on the front page and what the image is, but this time with the, with the levelling up fund news that we got during the production time, it was, a, yeah, it was an easy decision, wasn't it, to get yeah. those fantastic pictures of Hay Hall on yeah. the front? Yeah, I've got some really good drone shots as well. Um, we started to get some really nice images of the borough from above, so we've been excited to start using some of those on some of the work that we've been doing as well. Um, it's just really nice to see everything that's going on, see it from a different angle and through different seasons as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of different stuff that we're looking at in the background as well for different design jobs and things. And when, as you bring us on to the, the, the background research that you guys do for each edition, I thought that if, if we bring you in now, I think um, there's, there's lots of research, isn't there, that goes on to when you're thinking about your designs. Um, it, it always blows us away uh, when you come to us with a, an idea of how a certain spread should go. Could you talk us through some of the ones that maybe you've liked uh, working on and talk us through some of the, the paper craft, for example, that you've introduced into the, uh, the design makeup of the magazine? Uh, yeah, so I always start out doing research on other magazines, but I tend not to look at other corporate magazines or council things. I've got a subscription to the library services so I can access like all magazines there is out there for free. Um, so I usually go on there and I'll screenshot spreads that I think are interesting or have something good about them. And then I'll take that and I won't copy it exactly, but I might take where the pictures are, are laid out in it or a little idea from it and then create something myself. Um, so some of my favourite spreads I've ever done are in one of the COVID magazines that we did. Um, in the past we'd always used photography for like the main image but because we were all away on the pandemic we couldn't get the photographer out to do the images so I had to think of a different way around it so I thought something interesting would be if I did like a still life image of something 
um, and then the article was around it. So the article was about um, the heroes within COVID, like our frontline services, and they went out painting. Um, some of our staff went painting gnomes in care homes. So I made like a little gnome and I put a little cape on him. And it was just <laughs> something visual that brought the article to life without having to have a picture of a care worker or, a front, or some frontline staff. So that was quite a good one. Um, in this issue that's coming out, I did another still life image of for the 20 years of Borough Life Spread. Uh, and I included party hats and a little cape but it was around Valentine's Day when I shot it, so all the cakes had hearts on, so I had to kind of work around that. Um, but yeah, I think it turned out okay in the end. Yeah, I, I love those uh, I love those Still Life um, articles and th those feature pages, and I think when we start talking about the articles, there's usually one that stands out where I think, oh, you, we've, got to, we've got to ask Mel to look at that and do something with that, and we started to build that in, haven't we, as a as sort of... Oh, this is this is going to be that one where where we do something a bit different, or or even do some paper craft or something like that. We've got lots of different tools uh, in in the toolbox that we can apply to it, um, and it's the, it's just getting more and more different uh, approaches that we can use. So yeah, yeah, Mel's really good at that with the, the research and everything. And yeah, I think you're right, Mark. I think the the last few years, especially, we've um, we've got a lot more confident. I think in terms of uh, the picking out features that we that we want to elevate maybe a bit more than yeah. than others in the magazine and, and so that you guys focus your time on maybe like two or three in each magazine that we like we want to maybe have a few more pages on or have like a really striking design and I think you can really tell that in the in the last few editions and and so hopefully the you're listening to this and maybe have the magazine in front of you you might be able to pick those ones that we've really uh, focused on Mel Thanks very much for bringing up one of the uh, key things from the from the magazine. Um, really on point uh, to mention that the one of the standout ones from from this time is the fact that it's the twentieth anniversary of Borough Life, um, and so Andrea, you were tasked with um, with writing that the feature about um, we delved into our archives, didn't we, and picked out those very first uh, editions of the magazine. And you've done a bit of a comparison, haven't you, of like what what it what's in the magazine these days and what was in back then. So, what were the kind of standout things that you you found interesting from that process? Yeah, that's right. So it was a really um, interesting one to work on, um, and luckily um, someone had kept very early editions of the magazine, so I was able to kind of um, take those, um, have a have a good read through, and sort of compare them to um, to what. Borough life is like today and I guess what a lot of the work in the council focuses on today as well because that was kind of a, a, a key theme for some of the early editions um, so I think some of this are, it's not surprising I guess but one thing that um, did make me think was that a lot of the issues that came up um, and a lot of the key themes that we cover today um, were present sort of 20 years ago and the council were kind of addressing those sorts of things 20 years ago but probably had a different approach um, to how we would now. So some of those themes were like recycling. So I think you feel like you've been recycling forever, don't you? But um, apparently like 20 years ago, that did see the start of um, Wigan Bow's rec recycling scheme. Um, young people, I mean, I work with young people, so this probably wasn't a surprise to me to see that that was like a key theme, both in terms of like people being cross about young people's behavior, um, but also sort of celebrating some of the amazing things that young people do mm. as well. Um, so those were kind of probably two of the things that struck me most when I was writing the article. And I thought it was really interesting, Andrea, that um, 20 years ago they were talking about um, 
like the designs for the LSB, um, and and that was a feature, wasn't it, in some of the early editions? And I think that there's it's quite um, we've come full circle almost in that in one the last edition that came out before Christmas, you were writing about Lee Youth Hub, and they featured on the podcast. So yeah, so I found it really interesting to, to look back and and talking about the plans for the stadium and that whole complex, and now we you know we've just. Uh, reported on on a, a, a massive addition to that complex as well, and how how positive that's been. So, um, yeah, it, it's been fascinating, Andrea as well. I, I can't have you on the podcast without mentioning as well some of the other um, like standout features that um, you, you've done for us. So, uh, to let all the listeners know, we always task Andrea with um, because she's such a good creative writer. Is brilliant at doing long form pieces. Um, and we have tested you in the past, I think, on, on a couple of occasions. Like, um, we asked you to, to sum up the borough's experiences through COVID a few editions ago, and you, and you did such an amazing job of that, of, of uh, yeah, encapsulating the, the, the wealth of like, emotional feeling and, and all, the, all the amazing things that people did through the pandemic, but in a way that was you know, really poignant. And uh, yeah, it just, it just really captured the moment. So that was fantastic. Um, but then on the other end of the scale, we also asked you to write from the perspective of a, a bird, didn't we, in the, in the, in the last edition? Um, I don't know whether you want to come in there and just talk yeah. about that experience. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll say it's definitely always um, a creative writing challenge for me. Um, but I love that. I think that's one of the things I really like about um, writing for Borough Life is that it's something that you know challenges your writing skills and your research skills. I think that's really important when you're doing a job that involves writing every day. Um, so yeah, the the Willow Tip feature. So yeah, I'd been on holiday. Um, I'd come back into work first thing on a Monday morning. Um, first meeting was all about Borough Life, um, and I was told um, that my my feature for the next edition was going to be about writing about. Um, the developments at Pennington Flash, but from the point of view of a willow tit, the bird. And I have to say, I thought it was a joke <laughs> that I was being wound up and that I would go off and do this and it'd be a, like just a joke on me, really. Um, but no, when I realised that everybody was serious about that, um, I, d- I did go off and research the willow tit. And sadly, I, I do love nature, but I know very little about birds, unfortunately. And there wasn't really a lot out there in terms of kind of information about the willow tit. Um, but the Lee Ornithological Society um, were quite helpful and, um, and I basically just did a timeline looking back at um, the points we wanted to include around Pennington Flash yeah. and then I guess it was just about, um, it sounds pretentious, but finding the voice of the willow tit um, and kind of finding the bird's character and I guess when I got that um, it just sort of flowed after that really. Yeah, that was I, really good. Um, but I, then we ran it past um, the Ornithological Society again, and I have to say that some of the things I'd written did have to come out. Because my first line had originally been, um, "I saw high above the earth," and I did learn that willow tits do not soar. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was something that, like, it's important, though, isn't it, yeah. to kind of learn yeah. those, those facts. So that's another thing I love about writing for real life: is that you learn new things all the time, completely out of you. And you did a great job of that one, um, and, I, and I think that just speaks to um, what, what we try and do when we're putting the magazine together. I think there's 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 a way of doing some of the stories where it's just standard way of, of, of communicating some of the good news from across the borough. But we always try and we always try and do things a little bit differently and try and do things from new perspectives. So 
yeah, um, that was a real challenge for you, and you uh, you did really well. I just wanted to ask as well: Are there any other? Because we could we could talk for hours, I think, um, about some of the the fantastic stuff you've done in the past uh, in terms of features for the magazine. Are there any standout ones that you can remember from the last few years that um, you know really were you enjoyed working on? I think the one I enjoyed the most, um, and this was for quite personal reasons really, but it was um, we did a special for the 50th anniversary of the day. Um, and we were all just coming up with ideas and I remembered that I thought my mum had some letters that my granddad had written to my gran um, when he was stationed down in Kent during the Second World War and she was back up in Lee. Um, I went and I talked to my mum about it and she didn't just have letters, she had actual diaries that he'd written, like a little entry every single day um, while he'd been kind of away at war and he'd, he'd sort of addressed them to my gran. Um, so like I knew my, I knew my gran really well um, but my granddad had never met actually because he died before I was born um, but my granddad always talked about him a lot she was a great storyteller and I'd learned sort of loads about him and it was obviously we were kind of in love um, but I sort of thought was that because he died quite young um, and you know is that where that came from but it was so evident from reading these diaries like how in love they were and he would sign every entry off um, one day nearer as in like I'm one day nearer to seeing you um, but I just learned loads just factually about them and learned about them as like young people. And I think in your mind you always see them as older people, as could be your grandparents, but I learned about them as like very young people and also some of the challenges that people must have had to go through during the Second World War when couples were separated and it's just something I never really thought about before. So that was a really lovely one to work on. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic, uh, Andrea, that one. And, and I just encourage, um, I think we'll repost uh, a couple of these articles that we, we've talked about um, so that listeners can, uh, can, can read through and have a look back. Thanks very much, everyone, for coming on. I'm sure we'll have you on uh, again in, in the future, and I hope that people have got a bit of an insight into the uh, behind the scenes of how we put together Borough Life. So we'll move on to the quick fire questions, which I'll just find on my phone because I can't remember them. Dun, dun, dun. This is normally a bit that Rosie takes control of. So um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> right, you ready? So yeah, quick fire questions. I'll, I'll uh, throw them out at you. So yeah, just um, maybe take it in turns to, to answer. Tea or coffee? Tea. Oh, coffee. Tea, definitely. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Cats. Probably cats. I'm allergic to cats, so... Fair enough. Pop or rock? Rock. Pop. I oh. like most types of music, to be honest. Sweet or salty? Sweet. 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 Yeah. Right, I'm going to start down with Andrea first this time. I'll mix it up. Night owl or early bird? Definitely a night owl. I would love to be an early bird, but I'm <laughs> just not, and I'm never going to be. Definitely an early bird. Sorry, Andrea. I'm a night owl who's become an enforced early bird because of young child. <laughs> I know what that's like. It's difficult. <laughs> Box set or film? Box set, probably. Box set. Box set, yeah, definitely. Yeah, can't make it through a film. Horror or comedy? Um, can I say romance? No. <laughs> <laughs> comedy then. Rom com. Rom com. Well, you can have rom com. Comedy, rom-com. Say a thriller. I don't know. Yeah. No. Neither. Winter or summer? Summer. Summer. Yeah, summer. 
big party or dinner party? Been through the big party phase. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more dinner party now, unfortunately. It depends if I'm cooking. If I'm cooking, <laughs> big party. <laughs> if someone else says dinner party. Dinner party for me, yeah. Nice one. <laughs> Thanks very much. Swig and Vera has so many independent businesses right on your doorstep waiting for you to explore. These local gems offer the very best in food and drink, fashion, gifts and much more. Celebrate local, love local. Visit wigan.gov.uk forward slash support local. So thanks very much to Mark, Mel and Andrea there. I've ushered them out the room to go and start on the next edition. Rosie, before we finish up on episode three, I thought we could do our own quick fire round and just go through some of the content that we've got in the spring edition that we keep saying is out now, don't forget. Do you want to go first? Absolutely. We've got an article on free film screenings for carers. We've also got, as mentioned, our amazing 20th anniversary look back at Borough Life. Wigan Town Centre has been awarded a purple flag. We've got some key updates about the good news around Hayes levelling up fund bid. We've unveiled our exciting plans for the King's coronation in May. And finally from me, we've got a brilliant feature about the music exhibition at the Museum of Wigan Life, Make Some Noise, that of course we covered in episode two of the podcast. So Rosie, if people want to go back and listen to our previous episodes, how can they do it? So simply head to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, Amazon Music, you name it, we're on it. If you have been listening, get in touch. We'd love to hear some feedback. Or if you've got any ideas for upcoming episodes, then just let us know. Thanks, Rosie. Episode three in the bag. We'll be back next month with episode four. We'll see you then.